Welcome to the Marketers That Matter Visionaries Podcast, hosted by Nadine Dietz, the GM of Marketers That Matter and EVP of 24-7. The marketing landscape is constantly changing, but we believe that when marketers at the forefront come together to share insights, you can confidently lead yourself, your teams, and the industry into the unknown. The future is here, and it's moving fast. So let's bring on the visionaries from today's top brands pioneering the future and get this conversation started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Visionaries Today. This is going to be a very important conversation with two amazing ladies who have spent so much time and energy trying to support women everywhere. We have a lot to share with you in just a short 30 minutes. So one last comment before we get started. I wanted to thank our partner, The Wall Street Journal, and our parent company, 24-7, for helping us to make this new show a reality. For those of you who don't know 24-7 or Marketers That Matter, Marketers That Matter is a community of marketers who come together to support one another, sharing best practices and great tips like we'll do here today. 24-7 is a talent company who helps build out great teams with marketers and creatives. So with that, I'd like to invite Shelly and Claudia to join me here. Claudia, hello. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for this invitation. I'm excited to be able to join you. Thank you so much, Shelly. Hello. Welcome. Yeah, so excited to be here with you, Nadine, and always with Claudia as well. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We have done so many things together, ladies. So delighted to have you here and can't wait to hear your great advice. So Let's start with some introductions. Um, Shelly, let's start with you. You are the CEO of The Female Quotient, but tell us a little bit about your background and then what you're focused on today. Uh, I, I come from a deep-rooted background in market research, so well-known as a chief troublemaker, breaking all the rules that make no sense and creating the new ones. I pioneered online research, so when you've taken the surveys on the internet, sorry, not sorry, I'm the mother of that invention. I was an only and lonely. I was the only female CEO top 25 in market research my entire career. So I know what it's like to be a woman in business sitting at a table with lots of men. And uh, decided a few years ago it was time to give back with generosity, but I wish I had rising the ranks. And so I started the female quotient about eight years ago. Very excited to now be in a place where it's time to change the equation and close the gender gaps. And that's what I'm doing today. Yes, you are. Thank you for all your efforts. We're going to talk a lot more about that in just a moment. Claudia, how about you? You are the founder of We Are All Human, but you spent a long time with the United Nations. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you're focused on today. Thank you. And again, very excited. I'm a marketer and a brand builder specialized in social causes. My real career has been in global mobilization, so creating campaigns that matter and change uh, the world. I had the opportunity to actually be working for 25 years for, as you mentioned, the United Nations and a number of the sister organizations and, and agencies of the United Nations like UNICEF or the UN Refugee Agency, the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis and Malaria. The World Economic Forum, where I helped the transformation of the forum between of being a B2B to a B2C organization, reaching out consumers and understanding the need for dialogue. And, um, and as such, was really privileged to be able to launch major frameworks, global frameworks such, or campaigns such as uh, Product Red, working as a product uh, consumer arm of the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis and Malaria, or the Sustainable Development Goals for the Global Goals. Uh, as a master plan for the people on the planet. 
eight years ago, I moved to America and that was the first ever time that I learned that I was a Hispanic. So since then, I've been actually understanding how important it is to apply marketing and branding to really rethink of what Latinos are and the contributions of Hispanics. I created World Human as a way to advance uh, diversity and inclusion and remind people of that, that we're all human and to shine a light in the progress of Hispanics uh, that Hispanics bring to the country. Amazing. Thank you for that as well. And we're going we're gonna to dive in even deeper into what you're doing there. But before we do that, I wanted to help connect a few dots. So as we think about the United Nations and the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, gender equality is number five. But it's actually interrelated. Every SDG is reliant on equality and equity. Can you help us think through that a little bit? What, what is your perspective having spent so much time working on the SDGs? Look, I mean, like, I think that we are lucky to be witness of one of the most historic frameworks that the globe has come together to do, which is the Sustainable Development Goals. It's 193 countries that agreed on the master plan for the future of the people on the planet. And uh, 17 goals, 169 indicators, all of them really interconnected and, and, and being universal. But at the end of the day, when you start looking at what is, if this would be a body, Really, there are a couple of things that make the body work. And gender and diversity and inclusion at the end of the day are horizontal. So you can be talking about climate, you can be talking about education, you can be talking about decent work, you can be talking about anything. And gender is at the center. So if it would be a body, gender would be the heart. And at the end of the day, without advancing real progress on goal number five, which is really about like gender equality, it's going to be very, very hard to reach the entire sustainable development goals. So I'm really delighted to see that from 2015 that we launched the SDGs, gender has been with climate change, one of the forefront sites that has gained so much attention. And while I am an optimist and a populistic person overall, because I think it is possible, I think that while getting attention, we have to get things done by far more. So that's why I'm really like a total fan of the work of Shelley and bringing so many champions together so that we can get advancing on the sustainable development goals by advancing women, empowering women and advancing gender. Amazing. Thank you for that. And Shelly, I feel like SDG number five needs to have a dash called Shelly next to it because you have done so much for gender equality, including launching See Her with Gail Tifford and Patty Kerr. Now, SEER is an amazing effort. You've done so many other things, but I would like to talk about SEER a little bit because it's so important as helps us really understand the portrayal of women in media, what's working and what's not. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and the gem score that you created? Yeah, thank you. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to Claudia too, because, you know, SEER is if you could see her, you can be her. And it's all about the accurate, realistic portrayal of girls and women in media and entertainment. But I want to go back to the SDGs and Global Goal five, because when you think about the 17 global goals and five, five is a reflection of all the global goals. When you think about women and the importance of women in everything we do, global goal five is going to be everything about all the other global goals. Women are at the heart of everything we do. And you even think about the workplace. You look at leadership. And the importance of leadership, I don't care if you're a man or a woman, but it's about that emotional, collaborative energy of leaders. Women in general are the ones that are doing that invisible work that we need to make more visible. 
women leaders are the ones that are raising their hands to support their teams. And it's that support work that goes so unrecognized that I just want to make visible and, and call mm-hmm. out because they're the ones that are taking the time and the effort to support their teams, especially during the pandemic. And when teams need that embrace and that love and nobody ever calls out all that invisible time that leaders in general, and it's, it's usually the women that are putting that extra time into taking care of their teams. How are you? And that, 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 that time that nobody recognizes and, and calls out. And it's the same as child's care, that invisible work that Eve Roskin just did fair play, the invisible that we need to make visible. It's the same thing with the global goals and the ESGs, that it's women, that all the better outcomes is because of that extra time we put in that nobody ever recognizes. So global goal five, women and the importance of women. And it's the same thing with see her. We need to put that time into recognizing the role of women and, and putting that time and energy into it. So see her is a movement that we brought to the ANA, the Association of National Advertisers, to put more visibility on the role of women and the roles that they play in media and entertainment. If you can see her, you can be her. And we created a GEMS for a gender equality measure so that we can create more accountability around measuring, treasuring what matters. Measure what you treasure. And all national advertisers have been now putting the gem score into their advertising. And just like we have persuasion and we have relevance and we have recall measures, we now have the gem score and we can create accountability around um, the accurate realistic portrayal of girls and women. And it's been um, a, a really very important measurement in research today. And we're pretty excited. Yeah, not only is it an important measurement, but I remember talking with some folks from the CEO organization that not only is it important, but those companies and brands that embrace the GEM score, the higher the score, the better the spot performs overall. It is actually driving business results. So that direct tie into equality and diversity driving business results. So love that. And Claudia, with We Are All Human You've really taken a hard look across the Hispanic community and regardless of how people identify, whether it's Hispanic, Latina, Latino, Latinx, it's really about unifying the community to recognize the contribution of Hispanics to, especially here, America. And we're going to talk about Latinas very specifically, too, because they face yet even more challenges than some other communities. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Hispanic star? I mean, what I think it's very important to recognize is that diversity, equity, inclusion is here to stay. The way that sustainability was 20 years ago, and by now, if you're not really like all about ESGs in your investment, in your practices, you're probably out of business. Diversity and inclusion is here to stay for the longest run. The more you see the data, the more you understand that people are going to be less and less interested in working for a company where people are not respected and cannot be themselves. They're going to be making purchasing choices. They're going to be voters' choices. So people increasingly are voting with their hearts, buying with their beliefs. And that will actually continue being forever. Uh, When you start looking at the data in the United States of America, you're like, wow, okay, so I understand. Hispanics are 20% of the the country, um, are $1.9 trillion in purchasing power. So there's no way that in any industry that you can sell 
or hire or grow without the Latino community. And yet, Nadine, the reality is that we're underrepresented, misrepresented, undervalued, we're invisible. What Shelley was referring to is the absolute pain point of the Latino community. Because as many as we are, as diverse as we are, as a non-monolithic community as we are, which is great, by the way, being 62 million people, uh, 20% of the population today, 30% of the population tomorrow is great that we're so diverse. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that really unifies all Hispanics. And that is the true insight I think that brands have to really recognize and understand, which is Latinos, we're not united by language. We're not even united by country of origin or by political party or first or second generation. We're united by our desire to progress, to move forward, to achieve the American dream. So when people are talking to us, they should be talking to us, not through the rear mirror. They should be talking to us about how are you going to help us as a brand to make sure that my community is educated? How are you going to help me get into my first job interview and be great? How are you going to help me succeed? How are you going to help me actually move forward? Because all I want is to progress. And Hispanic stars started looking at, like when I moved to, um, to the country, as I mentioned, I, I, I realized that we had an incredible reverse marketing problem. And in digging into the issue, I realized that most of the, the systemic barriers of Latinos are permanent to many other groups like education, health, gender, and jobs. And we have to tackle them. But the real issues, the barriers that are stopping us from tackling those systemic barriers is that we're fragmented. We're not unified and we're invisible. So that's a pain point and the, the issue is invisibility and fragmentation. So Hispanic Star came as a result of understanding that we needed to create a, a symbol to unify us all, a platform to showcase the incredible contributions of Latinos and provide a market solutions to companies that desperately want to engage with Latinos genuinely as employees, as suppliers, as the community, and as consumers. So we created an ecosystem and a number of instruments for the Latino community to be unified and have a shared agenda and collect, uh, collect actually co collect information and be, be in collaboration with companies. So we have a brand, we have resource and tools, and an ecosystem where more than 300 companies are part of Hispanic Star. 100 Latino organizations representing 50 million Latinos are part of Hispanic Star. We have chapters. 30, uh, 30 cities all across the country. So it's, um, it's a great way, actually, I think I would, I would think for Latinos to unify, but at the same time to provide a force for good and a force for growth for companies that necessarily have to start looking at the data and mm -hmm. that there is no way that they can grow without the community. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So we have a question from the audience. I'm going to hold on that question for a moment because I want to set the stage to answer that question. Shelly, you are like a walking encyclopedia. You know every fact about everything related to female and gender equality. And the numbers when you share them are just shocking. We've gone backwards. We are now, thanks to COVID, 36 more years away from pay parity. So we're at a whopping 136 years. Tell us more about the reality. Where are we today? And then Claudia, let's talk about Latinas specifically. You know, listen, I will say, you know, pre-COVID, we said it'll take over 257 years to close the pay gap. And that we have gone backwards another 25 plus years. And we say we are in a great resignation. And 
I won't give you so many facts because I don't want today to be a depressing day because I am very hopeful with unbelievable people like us that are committed to action and not talking about what we're going to do, but we're actually going to activate the changes that we want to make. And I think the change is all about steps forward. You know, it's not about talking about what we're doing. It's about what we're going to do. However, I will say that we have gone backwards. We have widened a lot of big challenges. We have widened the fact that women are still underrepresented. We have widened the fact we are losing ground in the pipeline. We have widened the fact that there is still a pay gap. We have widened the fact that there's a broken rung, especially in the messy middle, middle management. Caregiving is a huge issue. And we will talk about Roe versus Wade, which was shocking, surprising, depressing. We'll talk about that. We have talked about burnout, you know, the great resignation. We need to turn into the great retention. There are solutions. So I don't want to say there are not solutions. There are solutions and we need to move toward them. And they're not that complicated, by the way. It's all about mindset. So we need to talk about that. But burnout is an, as an, at an all-time low. Um, reproductive freedom, we will talk about. Um, and, you know, I think that part of the problem is the rising to leadership and getting onto boards and representation and reflection. And we, we need to move towards that. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is the women's agenda has got to become the world agenda. And having that seat at the table and having that voice matters. And one of the things that Gloria Steinem said, and it is just so incredibly true, is we all have to remember trees don't grow from the top. They grow from the bottom. And that foundation is so important. And so it's these conversations and understandings that this collective minority, and I want everyone to understand that, the collective minority greater the current majority. And as I was on the airplane, landing at the World Economic Forum, going to our quality lounge, having a conversation with the most powerful people in the world, it was the biggest epicity that I had, which was if all of us collectively understand the importance of our power collectively, and that's what I always said, a leader alone has power, but collectively we have impact. That is what this is all about. We got this. Understand that. Nobody can make something happen alone. We all, from the bottom up, can move the mountain. And that is, Nadine, what you are doing by bringing us all together. And so I just want you to know, I can tell you all the stats in the world because I am a walking dictionary. And <laughs> all your data is very important because I do walk it. But simple actions are so important. And right now we are living through some deadly setbacks. Don't let that discourage us because we are going to lead the way with change if we collectively understand the power that we have. I just found yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for that motivation and inspiration. I, I do agree when we come together, it is a force. So we being collectively beyond this Zoom call. And so I, 
I do want to get to solutions because that's important. We have, you both have so much to offer in terms of guidance. I do want to make a note though here that one of the most disturbing facts that I do remember, Claudia, you were talking about, and again, Chelly, to your point, we want to be optimistic, but just a level set and ground set because of the economic impact of this fact, Latinas make 54 cents on the dollar, which is the lowest ratio of any community of women. And yet they are twice as likely to be small business owners. Did I get that right, Claudia? Yeah, that's right. So the economic impact in that is vast. Do you want to share a little bit about that? I mean, like the issue of Latinas, his, uh, Latinas is a double, where the gap within the gap and the minority within the minority. So if you're, if you're a Latina, uh, they like you have a perception issue. Our studies represent that Latinas, I mean, like Hispanics have a very low perception issue, but Latinas even worse. We're associated with our physical attributes like sexy, beautiful, loud, uh, but also dangerous. And so if you're a company, if you don't have unconscious bias training, the likelihood is you're going to put us in a receptionist work or something that, you know, like is, is showing us as that um, we have an issue of uh, education at the end of the day, our, our culture pretty much is favoring, you know, like the youngest boys as opposed to girls when it comes to, uh, you know, like accessing and receiving education or food. So the, the level of Latinas, Latina girls that are undernourished or uh, undereducated is high. Six times faster than any other group, we create small businesses and yet the least paid uh, group in the country pretty much. Uh, so as, as you rightly said, today, uh, it is not 60, 54 cents of a dollar, it's 53. So we're going, uh, we're going backwards. Latina Equal Pay Day, which was celebrated in October, now has been pushed back by two months. It's going to be celebrated this year in December 8th. And the point is that being 50% uh, of the Latino population by 2060, just to set a level set, by 2060, one in every three American women will be Latinas. By 2060, one in every three American women will be Latinas. Hello, hello, hola. Hello, hello, hola. And unless we invest in this group, you're going to have a third of your population that is going to be disadvantaged and not able to be a workforce ready for the future and so on. So this is a crisis. And this is a crisis that we have to address and we have to absolutely uh, tackle. Pretty much, I think that, again, on the very, uh, on the very uh, tangible side, it is important to invest in the Latina in the Latina education, in the Latina pay. We have to make sure that Latinas are aware of this pay. We are, I saw a question there. Uh, we are not trained to self-advocate, to self-promote, or to self-report. So if there's any abuse or any, you know, like even misogynist behavior or even a, a, a mis-salary, you know, like a lack of salary, uh, we're not going to be probably reporting it. Latinos, we don't bark, we don't bite. We walk out. If we really, really don't run something, we're going to walk out. And if you're thinking that 20% of your workforce today might walk out, you're going to be in trouble. So what I'm, I'm actually saying is we, from our side as a community, we have to do our part. We have to actually start embracing our Latinidad, getting educated about our facts, start like moving from fear to pride. Stop hiding who we are. Like if you're Jorge, you have to pretend to be George when you come to work. Uh, if you're Maria, you have to pretend to be Grace when you come to work and you want to kill your accent and you want to kill your Latinidad. And that is changing. There's more and more people that are taking off their masks and coming out with their full selves. More and more 
young people are going to be looking for places where they can be themselves, where they can be the 100% Latino, 100% American that we are, and the 100% of everything that we are. It's time for ourselves to be shaping corporate culture so that we can be, they can be inclusive of all the people that we embody, but also companies and brands have to do their part about investing in the community, putting the marketing dollars to represent Latinas properly. Uh, inside, before, in, in front of camera, behind camera, you have to invest actually in the education of, of Latinas pretty much on, on single-handedly education is going to be the, the absolute breakthrough for the community so that you can have a workforce, a future workforce that is prepared and can he'll continue making America competitive because Nadine, at the end of the day, to conclude, Hispanic progress is American progress. Yeah. Agreed. Dean, I just want to point out black women, 64 cents on the dollar. And, you know, when we talk about venture capital investment in entrepreneurs, less than 2% go to women, less than 1% go to women of color. So that is a ridiculous statistic. So I just wanted to point that out. And in terms of microaggressions, I just want to point out, by the way, pre-pandemic, when we were in office, microaggressions so high to women, but women of color in particular, and Black women in particular, during the pandemic, work from home it went to an all-time low. Of course, that went away. But now that we're going return to office, we're starting to see the increase again. So back to Claudia's point, we cannot be silent especially the Latina community, we have to talk about it because silence is not a good solution. Yeah. Speaking of solutions, you have worked with so many CEOs and CMOs, Shelly, to revolutionize their thinking and put solutions in place. And I know we're going to, we are almost out of time, but if you don't mind, I'd love to take a couple more minutes from you because I also want to answer the question on how to deal with a difficult work challenge that we got from the audience. So if you could just give me two more minutes, that would be great. So Shelly, what is your advice for leaders and organizations on what they can do today to make a difference? I, I think, you know, it's, it's not even about rewriting the rules of the workplace, but it's about creating the new rules of the workplace. And, you know, we know what we have isn't working. Uh, we are launching a whole new concept called the flipping point. And, you know, there's the tipping point, you wait and watch. The flipping point is really the entire new way of going from the great resignation to not only the great retention, but the whole new level of the great rejoice, let's say. You know, what do we do to have a happy new environment so that everybody has a new life stage where it's one life that people want to live and want to have an enjoyable life that includes everything. And that's the flipping point to me. And so we've just, you know, created this whole new concept of what does it take to retain, you know, people, especially women, creating a workplace that will retain women. If you retain women, you you retain everyone. So we're pretty excited about that. And there are solutions for change. I'm pretty excited about bringing that forward. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned. It is so important. Like, Companies don't want to do evil when, you know, like when, when it comes to pay gap, I realize it's just, they don't know. Everybody wants to do the right thing, but they don't know how or what, where to start and who to partner with. So I would really start with recommending, for example, in this case of Latina equal pay is to start looking at the data. So disaggregate your data, start looking at transparency, audit and stock change taking because when you start looking at people of color, you don't really know who that is. It's almost like everyone else but me. 
in that, in, you know, like in your audit internally to start looking at what can you do to equalize, uh, start doing trainings, unconscious bias trainings really matter, inclusion, leadership development for, you know, like Latinos start rising, showcase Latinas that are in positions where you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it also internally and start looking at uh, mentorships and sponsorships, particularly now I see the growth with uh, corporations of uh, affinity groups like ERGs, like uh, e, um, employee resource groups or business groups are really helping corporations to attract more talent and to grow internally. So support them, form them and equip them so that they can, uh, so that they can help uh, internally as well. Mm -hmm. Dean, I want to say one thing, unconscious bias. If you use the word unconscious, you're conscious. So once you're conscious, you have a choice. If you want to do something, there are plenty of ways to do things. It's all about action for change. So if you want to be a conscious leader, make the choice and close the gaps. There's yeah. plenty of tools out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of tools and research, I encourage everybody to really do the, the research and take a minute to read about unconscious bias or look up typecasting or the imposter syndrome. They're all still very, very real. And with that, I'm going to ask the last question from the audience. And that is, if you're in a situation and you're dealing with leadership that you're not feeling is inclusive of you, and in this case, actually aggressively against women, Claudia, you said we have to speak up, but in this case, why? what would we do? And Shelly, your advice as well. So we have 76% of Latinos cannot be themselves at the workplace. 70% of Hispanics and Latinas uh, face microaggression in the workplace today. It's not like 10 years ago or 70 years ago, it's today. So it is something that happens to us and it's something that we have to be very careful about how to deal with it. Again, because our nature is we don't bark, we don't bite. We're not going to go and stream, uh, scream or we're not going to organize a riot. We're, that's not us. So I think that for Latinas in particular, and I think that uh, the question came from someone that could be Hispanic, our, our power is data. So we have ourselves build up a number of PowerPoint presentations where you can go and talk to your HR person, where you can go and talk to your marketing person about like the power of the Latino community and to start looking at ways in which you can equip yourself with a mentor and a sponsor. I think that confrontation is not something that I would recommend for our community, but indeed actually bringing it up to the right channels in the right, in the right way, uh, but do it in a way that wouldn't be you know, like because of the low uh, self-advocacy and self-promotion that we do ourselves, it's very hard for us to actually not get emotional and start looking at facts. So I think that it is important to be able to build the case of the understanding of who we are, what we do, the type of aggressions that we might be facing, the type of opportunities that it would be for a company where Latinos can be themselves and can actually be included. And they start looking for uh, for other people to advocate as as third party endorsers. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I never recommend confrontation. But it's also good to build up, uh, to build up. Um, you know, like people surround you that can advocate for you. Thank you. And Shelly, to wrap us up, what is your advice to women everywhere on how to continue to progress in their careers? Oh gosh. Be, be, be you. And, you know, I think leadership is within all of us. And I think that uh, women are the best leaders in the world. And I think that you need to own your strengths. And I think understand that being a, a bold, brave leader is all about the emotional side of leadership and the passionate side of leadership is strength. And most people see that as weakness. And I think that, that is 
the, the greatest power of leadership, emotion, passion, collaborate, collaborative leadership is called strength. And that is powerful. And we're starting to bring those invisible strength as very visible. So rise the ranks, uh, rise the ranks and own it. And you will, you will get there. And we're recognizing that and making that very visible. So be you and take the lead. I love it. This time went by so fast. Thank you for the extra minutes. Thank you to the audience for hanging in there with us. And thank you both for everything that you do. And uh, can't wait to see you again very soon. Visionaries is brought to you in partnership with The Wall Street Journal and made possible by our parent company, 24-7. To find out more about the Marketers That Matter community, visit marketersthatmatter.com. And finally, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think.